worshiping Jesus don't you isn't it wonderful to be able to declare him the top guy and honor him and glorify him God we thank you for your love we thank you for your grace thank you for the cross and all that you did on it and I thank you Jesus that we're here this morning please help me as I speak yes hallelujah right so we're looking at this morning the title is one body. So I'm going to explore that concept a little bit. What does it mean and what does it look like for us as regular people in and out the church? Now, I'm going to do a list. I'm going to peer over my glasses. She's not here, is she? Do I, do I look like posh when I do that? No, scary. scary? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> right then, authoritative. <laughs> Hey, teacher, I care. Right, well, we are about, in a few minutes, we're about to take communion. And one of the things that um, Jesus said was, this is my body, which is broken for you. This is my blood, which was shed for you. Okay. We are one body. We are one unit. And as I'm going to explore this morning, there are lots of different types of units, lots of different particle cells, I suppose we can call like each other, can't we? We're all different, and yet we are one body. Today's passage um, is 1 Corinthians 10, verse 14 through to 17. And it reads this. So, my dear friends, flee from idols. You are reasonable people. Decide for yourselves if what I am saying is true. When we bless the cup of the Lord's table, aren't we sharing in the blood of Christ? And when we break the bread, aren't we sharing in the body of Christ? And though we are many parts, we all eat from one loaf of bread, showing that we are one body. I got this title from Andy a few weeks ago, and you know when you, when you get a title in a scripture, you start writing notes, and well, I do. Every time I think, you know, I mull it over, and then I jot things down, I do a spider graph, and then, a, and, then, and then it all comes together in the end. And I started jotting things down, and then I began to realise that what has already been said the last few weeks is what I've been, a lot of it is what I've been jotting down. So there's a bit of repetition going on here and I think maybe God's on to something maybe he's you know reminding us of some really great truths over the last few weeks as we've been looking at John Um, we're looking at Corinthians today but we're still going to learn similar to what has been said the last few weeks but that's good because repetition is good Paul is saying here that when we take communion together We are demonstrating that we are one body. Because we're sharing in what has happened on the cross. What Jesus did on the cross was amazing. Think about it. That that last hymn that we just sang, 
just really helped us to focus in on what Jesus did for us on the cross. His body was a sacrifice. He took all of the blame, all of the sin, all of the dirt, all of the vile, all of the guilt, all of it. He took it on himself so that we could stand forgiven at the cross. And what happens is when we choose to believe what we sang in that hymn, when we choose to believe that, we stand in his forgiveness. He washes us from all sin. And then something else really, really amazing and really awesome happens is that we step into his kingdom. We step into a close and deep relationship with him. We become one with him. One body with him. We, we join with him. Paul puts it another way when he's talking in Ephesians 2. Um, he, he talks about us being made alive with Christ. And he uses a word there called, and it, in the Greek... Forgive my pronunciation if there's any Greek scholars. I'm ever so sorry. It's suzuiopiaio, something like that. But it means it means to be conjoined. So you know when twins are born and they're conjoined, that they're literally stuck together. They they can't be separated apart from surgically being removed. They're stuck together. And Paul says that when we believe in Christ, we become conjoined with him. We become one body with him. We're one body. Now, if we're one body with him, that means that we're one body together. All our differences, we are one body. Just just allow that to sort of sink in a little bit, okay? And as I go through this, I'm going to just explore a little bit, um, because Paul repeats this one body theme over and over in his letters, and I've found six different angles in which he uses one body, okay? So today, I'm going to look at the six different angles of what, what Paul is saying about being one body together. We are one, okay? Are you with me? Yes. All right, good, good. We're one with me. Wonderful. All right. We're conjoined with you. We're conjoined. Oh, my goodness. Yes. (laughs) It's true, I suppose, isn't it? It's like, oh, it's quite a strong word when you think about it that way. Right, we are, so in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 6, it says this. And this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news are share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. When Paul was writing this, the Jews had this idea that there was the Jews and then the rest of the world. Okay, so, so when he says that the, the Jews and the Gentiles are one, he means those who believe who are Jews and those who believe who are not Jews. 
So are there any Jews in the service this morning? Are there any not Jews in the service this morning? <laughs> okay, okay. So, so that's everybody, basically. Whatever race you are, whatever creed, whatever colour, whatever country you are from, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you are conjoined to Christ, therefore we are conjoined together. I'm quite liking that word. We're together in one body. And Paul goes on to say in Romans, in another letter, he says, Romans chapter 5, uh, sorry, chapter 12, verse 5, just as our bodies have been made many parts, each part has a specific special function. So it is with Christ's body. We are many parts but one body, and we all belong to each other. Many parts. So, so like, you know, he, he talked about, you know, the foot. If you need your foot, if you haven't got a foot, you know, like, or your hand, you can't say that one's more important than the other. You need both, really, don't you? You need your eyes, you need your ears. You, every part of your body is important. Okay, if we to say to the heart, well, you're just like a little squishy muscle that looks absolutely disgusting in reality. Um, we don't need you. There would be a problem, wouldn't we? Wouldn't it? So every part of the body is needed. And here Paul is saying, so, so, you know, think about the human body. Think about the body of Christ. Every part is important. Every part, even, diff, you know, like you, turn to the person next to you or, and say to them, you are an important part of the body of Christ. You know that includes that includes different cultures, different styles, different ways of doing things. You know, I've I've done a little bit of travel with the work that you know, the Christian work that I've done. I've preached in a number of different places from Eastern Europe to Africa to India to, you know, and, and there's lots of different differences. Okay, you know, you worship in India, it's very different to the worship in Africa and the worship here. You know, like, it's different, but we're one body. And I love it. I love it when I go and, and you're in the middle of the African bush and they're, they're banging the drums and, you know, I've got some videos if anybody wants to, to see a clip or two of them jumping up and down and going crazy but it's, it's work, it's good, it's good. Steve, I've got a video of Steve trying to keep up with them. It's very good, I'll show you that one day, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Different cultures, different ways of doing things, different denominations. And, and it's interesting, because in our life group, we, we had a discussion, didn't we, Catherine, on, on, uh, on Owen Carolina. On um, Thursday, we talking about you know like there are differences in sometimes differences in opinion on certain matters, and sometimes you can get into debates. And I love debating. I love debating theology and, and discussing with people. And I love talking to people who don't always agree with what I agree with what I think because it, it it's it's exciting. I love doing it. However, I have to remember that I'm one with that person that I'm debating with. 
And we came to the conclusion, that, I, th- I think we came to the conclusion anyway, that so long as it's not a salvation issue, in terms of so long as they're not saying that Jesus isn't God or, or that, you know, Jesus didn't really die or he's not really, you know, um, so long as they believe in that Jesus Christ is what we sang in that hymn, what happened? And they're believing in him. All the rest is a little bit, you know, it's not worth falling out over because we're one body. And, and, and okay, maybe there are some people that you think, oh, we'd love you to be in a bit more freedom and we'd love you to experience God in this way or whatever. We can pray for that, but we can't fall out over it or we shouldn't fall out over it. If we're having a discussion and we don't agree on it, don't fall out. I'm talking theology here. Don't fall out. Because we are one body. And Jesus himself wants us to be in unity together in love. So whether you're in the African bush and you really don't have much of a theology in terms of the depth of it because the majority of the people in your church can't even read you don't have Bibles, maybe there's one or two Bibles between the entire 600 congregation, or whether you're in a Church of England service or a Catholic service, if you're believing the truth about what Jesus did on the cross, you're part of God's family, and you're conjoined, and we are conjoined. Are you still with me? I think there's a difference between disagreeing with someone and falling out with them. And I think the next passage, the next couple of passages will help us. Okay, so in Colossians 3, verse 15, Paul says, And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your heart. For as many Sorry, for as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. We are to let the peace of Christ rule in the body. How do we do that? You see, that's one of the responsibilities of being part of the body of Christ. There's loads of blessings, but there's also some responsibilities. And one of them is learning to live in peace with the people that you don't always agree with. I love what Liz said last week when she was talking about the love of God. She, and she, she was doing this, wasn't she? She was doing this. So it's like the love of God flows into me and out to others. Into me and out to others. Into me and out to others. You see, there are going to be different styles of ways of doing things. But the goal is unity. And if every single Christian on the planet listened to what Paul said there, I think the church would be a little bit more powerful. I think there would be more blessings in the church because it talks about blessings flow from unity. Let's pray for unity let's strive for unity and and if you have a disagreement with someone keep loving them don't throw in the towel and walk away or get you know 
love them. And then if you think that they're in error theologically and you want them to come into a different level of freedom or whatever, talk to God about it and ask him to show them the truth. He is the teacher. He is the, the, the one who, who guides us. So ask him, guide him. I don't think he's fully understanding the love or I don't fully think he's fully understanding this. Go guide him, Father, guide him with your spirit. Because the aim is this, Ephesians 4 verse 16. And he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. You see, if we're focusing on love and and focusing on, on what we do in here, helping them over there, do that if we're focusing on building the kingdom together we're allowing the love to flow in us individually if everybody is allowing the love of God to flow then you're going to get a church worldwide full of love and that's the aim that's I think what Christ's heart is for every church Are you still with me? Good. I hope so. I hope so. The aim is for the love of God. And the only thing we can do is be responsible for our own reactions. As that this one little part of the body of Christ. I'm responsible for me. And I'm responsible for, for, for seeking God and asking him to show me truth. Asking him to lead me in the way that he wants me to be. Asking him to help me walk righteously. And then asking him to let love flow through me to others. And if we all do that, I'm sure we're doing it, but if we all increase in that, how much more powerful will we become if we're full of the love of God completely? I I actually love CTNA. And the other one was it's CTNA. C-T-I-T. C-T-I-T. So Christians together in Ubery, Christians together in Thatchum. I love, I love that. And my prayer is that, that unity would grow and that the presence of God would increase. That together as churches, I love the word together, as one body, bringing the name of Jesus Christ, lifting his name up in Ubery and Thatchum. And the phone agrees. Ping. So, we've had one body with many parts. Oh, I've missed a point. Never mind, I'll go back to that later. Uh, One body in peace, one body full of love. One body putting God first. 1 Corinthians 10, 14. So, my dear friends, flee from worship of idols. That's today's scripture. 
It's interesting that he's put, flee from idols. Now, I don't know what you think when, when you hear the word idol. Do you, do you see like a, an, an image that, you know, made out of wood that people are bowing down to? Which it is an idol. But I, I'd like to suggest, and when I, I think about this, I, I think an idol is anything that it is on a higher, has a higher priority to us than God does. Things are good. Lots of things are good. It's great to be. I mean, I'm thankful for my car. I'm thankful I've got a place to live. I'm thankful for my clothes. I'm thankful. You know, it's good to have stuff. But if it, if it's more important to you than God and his family and his body, is that an idol? Can that get in the way of that, that true powerful relationship that you've got with God is it sort of murky in the waters a bit if you think I'm being a little bit over the top uh, with what I've just said um, Jesus had the similar idea in Matthew 19 21 to 26 which I'm not going to read out, but it's the story of when the rich young ruler comes to Jesus. And, and the rich young ruler has been following the commandments. He's been doing this stuff. Um, and he comes to Jesus and he says, is there anything I lack to get saved? You know, is there anything I lack for salvation? And Jesus said, yeah. Sell all that you have and give it away. It's like, whoa, hang on a minute, Jesus. What, what are you saying? I think Jesus was looking at his heart and he's like, God's not on the throne of your heart. It's true, Rebecca. It's true. Jesus is looking at the man's heart and he sees that riches and his possessions are way more higher value to to him than God is. And so he challenges that very point. He says, okay, if you're really, really, really serious about this, would you be willing to give it all up today? And the man thought about it and he's like, no, I'm not. And he walked away sadly. Would we be, would we be willing to give it all up today if God said so? I don't know. I, I, I'm just throwing out the question and I'm challenging myself as well as everybody else. Do, do, don't think I'm like you, you, you know, I'm not. It's just something I, was, I came across as I was reading, and I'm like, ooh. Because Paul says, flee from. It's literally to run away from or shun, turn away from. Anything that is a higher priority. In other words, get your priorities right. As, as members of the one body, God is calling us to think about our priorities. What are our priorities? Sure, you're still with me. <laughs> so it can feel a little bit challenging, that, can't it? But, it, you know, if, if you feel that, you know what, maybe my priorities aren't right, talk to God about it. Tell him. Repent of it. Say, God, I'm sorry. I want you to be the number one in my heart. Help me to put you first in everything that I do. The other thing that, that Paul is quite strict on is fleeing from, from sin and living righteously. 
Um, and I'm just going to read this. It's, it's 1 Corinthians 6.15. It's actually referring to sexual sin. But I think, you know, sin is sin and we don't, we don't want it. It says, run away from sexual sin. No other sin is so clearly affects the body than this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Do you not realize that you, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. We are part of God's big body. And we, it, we are conjoined to Christ and we're conjoined to each other. And I think we have a responsibility to do what we can to live righteously. Knowing that it's through his power and authority that we can do that. And of course, as we heard the other week, there is grace for when we sin. There's grace. And forgiveness when we confess our sins. He's faithful, it says and he's just, and he will forgive us all of our sin, okay? So if we make an error in our lives, and if we mess up and sin, we go back to the cross and we repent. No problem, it's sorted. But it's worth remembering that if I sin as a member of the body of Christ, what am I bringing to the body of Christ? I want to be holy. God wants his church to be holy. Peter says, be holy because God is holy. So if there's stuff going on or if you've been involved with something or you've, you, you, you know in thoughts in your heart or attitudes in your heart and mind that aren't right, talk to God. Sort it out. Do it quickly, as Steve said the other week. Because we want to walk holy. Because we're one with him and he is holy. So many responsibilities, you might think, oh my goodness. But there's also so many blessings about being one with him, one body together. And if only we could really believe this and allow his presence to come every time we meet as a, as a body. Who knows what could happen? Hold on, I've lost it. Here we go. We have got the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5.22. Love, joy, peace, Patience, goodness, kindness, self-control. They are available to us as members of the one body and they are going to be fantastic fruit and tools to help us work together as one body. Imagine just being full of love, full of joy, regardless of the circumstances, full of patience, Oh, that's going to be helpful when we're having discussions and debates with people, isn't it? Full of goodness, 
being good to one another, full of kindness, being kind to one another, talking kindly about one another. Self-control, that's always helpful. And their fruit, they are blessings that are available to us through Holy Spirit because we're one with Christ. Let the fruit grow in you. Let the fruit grow. And of course, there's all the blessings of the kingdom. Oh my goodness. You know, I've been praying this week, God, let us tap into the power of the cross, the power of the name of Jesus. Healings, miracles, freedom, deliverances. It is my desire to see more of this on a, on a regular basis. That it becomes the norm that as people turn up on a Sunday, they, they are just filled with the Holy Spirit and delivered and set free from all the stuff that they're struggling with. Why not? That's my prayer. That is available to us as we are one body. So we're one. Very different. Very different. Sometimes different thoughts, feelings, different colours, different creeds, different cultures, different attitudes. But hopefully all full of love, full of joy, peace. As we come together as one body. As we share and partake of the blood and the bread together this morning, let us remember who we are. Conjoined with Christ, conjoined with each other because of the cross. And the symbols are there to, as a regular, I mean, that's one of the two, I think, rituals that Jesus suggested that we do. One is baptism and the other is communion. The rest is up to, I think, more about style um, than anything else. Let's, have, let's take communion today and remember that we are one and let the love of God flow between us. Father, I thank you. Thank you for your presence here. Jesus, thank you for the cross. Thank you for your love and your grace and your forgiveness. But help us to... Help us to walk righteously. Help us to, to remember your love and remember that, that we are one with each other. And help us to live in a peace. Help us to honour and respect each other's differences. And help us to work together to build your kingdom here in this place. In Jesus' name I pray.